Florida. It's good to know God's grace, isn't it? Amen. The world wants to know what they need to do, and the world wants to know how to have meaning. The world wants to know what's going to happen when I go away. Right. Anybody going to miss me? Yeah. Anybody going to miss me when I'm gone? Amen. <laughs> I'm talking in general. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> Grace of God is a wonderful thing. Amen. It truly is. Well, I get the honor and privilege of, of wrapping up this evening. They said I could preach till dark 30, which if you hunt or fish, you know what that term means. <laughs> I'll be there when I get there. <laughs> I would invite your attention to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, it's always interesting to um, come to an event like this when you have two or three people preaching, and uh, because <laughs> when uh, Brother Reeves started this morning, I thought, uh-oh, because he went to Ephesians, and he started with, let me tell you, about Paul's greeting to the church. And the fact that he wanted them to know about the grace and the peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thought, well, here we go. He's going he's to preach my sermon. <laughs> and I said, but he started in Ephesians, and my goal is to cover all the books of Paul this evening. <laughs> so I figured we were halfway there, and I could get the first half, but... Um, that's what I'm going to look at this evening. I'm going to look at this, the greetings that Paul had to each of his uh, churches that he wrote letters to. Um, in Romans chapter 1, he says in verse 7, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. See, Paul's a good southerner. He says, y'all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing making mention of you always in my prayers. Now, Paul here puts two things together that, um, if you're not careful, you'll, you'll miss what it is that Paul is putting together here. Paul's greetings were always grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how he started his letters. Grace and peace. The Old Testament uses the word grace 37 times. In all of the Old Testament, it's used 37 times. 30% of that is in the book of Genesis. It wasn't used much. The Old Testament focused on the term mercy. Mercy. Mercy means God's unending love. And see, in the Old Testament, they needed God's love until that Redeemer came. So they were begging God for mercy. God, don't stop loving me until your promise comes. That was the emphasis in the Old Testament. They're saved the same way. They believe that Jesus, they believe that God would send someone to take care of their sins. 
We believe that he did. The same thing, it's just a matter of time. So they looked at mercy. Mercy and grace are very much related. But they're not the same thing. Mercy speaks to God's unending love. The Old Testament, that's what they needed. They needed God's love not to run out before the Redeemer came. But grace speaks to the character of the benefit of God's love. It speaks to the character of it. See, I have joy in my heart today, no matter what comes my way, because I know Jesus Christ. That's what grace does. This world, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's hard to live in this world. It, it, it just left, right, up, down, it's coming at you every direction. Grace allows me to live with joy in spite of that. See, grace speaks to the benefit that's afforded the believer. The, the ability to deal with each situation the way that God would. I have the Holy Spirit within me. I don't think most people really realize what that means and take advantage of it. They're defeated. They walk around. They, they look like they've been drinking pickle juice, persimmons. You, you wouldn't know they were saved anymore than the guy who runs around without Jesus Christ. That ought not to be, because we have God's grace. Grace and peace, he said. Grace and peace over and over again. Paul was a person who knew about grace, didn't he? He he knew about grace. To use Brother Terry's term, he was walking down the wrong road, and that quick, God's grace confronted him and changed his life. Paul was going about trying to destroy the church, trying to put Christians in jail, trying to persecute them, even kill them if he could. He didn't deserve God's love. But boom, that quick, God's grace. And God said, why are you kicking against the pricks, man? Come on. Your heart tells you who Jesus Christ was. And once Paul understood grace, he couldn't get away from it. He wanted everybody to know about it. It changed his life. Paul's emphasis on grace was the result that he experienced God's love when he didn't deserve it. It just overwhelmed him. And see, here's what he found out. God loved them old stinky Gentiles too. He couldn't get over that. And as Paul went through life, you know what he found out? That he learned to love them old stinky Gentiles too. So much so that he gave his life for them as well. See, we hear about all this stuff that in our modern world that grace allows us to do. Let me tell you what grace allows you to do. It allows you to go where the unlovely are. It allows you to learn to love 
the unlovely. It doesn't give me the right to wear this or that or put my hair this way or that way. It teaches me how to do that which is repulsive to me in order that other people can know the gospel. See, that's a whole different emphasis, isn't it? Paul couldn't get over the fact. See, what he knew about the law was that it blessed the good. And it does. You live this way, you get my blessings. Paul could understand that. But what grace did, it saves the bad people as well. See, he knew that the law blessed the good, but what grace brought to the whole picture was that God saves the bad people too. Couldn't get over the grace. Grace is used 159 times in Scripture. Paul uses it 94 of those times. That was his message. This message of grace and peace. Do you know how many times you know how many letters Paul used it in? 13. You know how many times Paul identified himself in a letter? 13. He used the same greeting. When he wrote to an individual like Timothy or Titus, he added mercy to that. I did some looking at this over the summer, and I there's something Paul wants us to know in grace and peace. One of them is this. If you know God's grace, <laughs> you're a blessed person. Because that means you found the mercy of God too. And He loved you even though you didn't deserve it. So when He says grace to you, He's saying you're blessed. But He also wants you to use that grace. That's not for you to hoard up. Every one of His letters says grace and peace. John and Peter both use this terminology... They both used grace and peace together a couple of times. Peter wanted grace and peace to be multiplied to us. John, it was more personal. John said about grace and peace in Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, grace and peace is from Him who is, who was, and who is to come. In case you don't know who that is, he said that's Jesus Christ. So only one person brings grace and peace. We find that in John chapter 1, that the fullness of Christ came, or the fullness of God came in Christ. And he said we receive grace for grace. Grace for grace. To put that in terminology that I would understand, we would call that heaps and heaps. Heaps and heaps. When my brother goes to the Chinese buffet, his plate looks like what John is describing here. Heaps and heaps. That's what Jesus brought to us when he bought grace to us. Heaps and heaps of it. All that you need and more. In Titus chapter 2, Paul said this, 
For the grace of God brings salvation. For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. What grace is, what defines grace, what looks like grace, came in the flesh. When I get to heaven, I'm going to fall at the feet of grace. Because grace is Jesus Christ. He brought it in a body to me. (laughs) Heaven's going to be great. I'll be able to see and touch. I think he'll even let me hug his neck. Grace. Paul wants you to know about grace. But as Paul does in his wonderful, wonderful way, he always makes it practical. He said grace and peace. Grace and peace. Peace is used by Paul 45 times. Peace is used in every book of the Scripture except one, and that's 1 John. Peace is important to God. Do you know that? Do you know when God created everything, it could be defined as peace? You know when man touches things, you know what happens? Peace disappears. Disharmony sets in, doesn't it? Both the gentlemen before me described the the fact that our world is in disharmony. The fact that this world has no hope. Peace. Paul tells us in Romans 15.33 that God is the God of peace. He's defined as peace and He wants peace to happen. There is some indication of how Paul is using grace and peace together when we find that Jesus is our peace. In Ephesians chapter 2.14, when he says, who made both one. Peace talks about being in harmony. Peace talks about being one. To use Brother Terry's idea in one accord. Peace is to join. Harmony. Peace between individuals. What's the biggest problem we have in the world today? It's disharmony. That's right. It's incredible. It's incredible what we want to fight and argue over, isn't it? Nothing that matters. (laughs) Regardless of the opinion, regardless of the culture, regardless of the assumptions, Regardless of the family dynamics, regardless of the desires we have, the beauty of Jesus Christ and the church is that people can dwell together in harmony. How many times, how many times did Paul say, listen, master and slave, Jew and Greek, barbarian, all of you show up at church and worship together. The only thing that makes that possible is Jesus Christ. (coughs) 
the practicality of grace and peace. What does it mean for you and me? Colossians 3.15 says it better than anything I know. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God be the umpire. See, if you look at the rest of that verse, it says you are called as one body. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you sing the same songs. No. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. You wear the same thing to church every week. No. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples because you love one another. You know how my kids know that Lisa and I love each other? Because no matter how wrong she is, we can still live in <laughs> harmony. <laughs> we can live in harmony. Her family is radically different from my family. It's almost comical how different they are. And I loved her with all my heart, but when we first got married after about a month, I thought something was wrong with her. She had her assumptions, she had her values, she had her way of doing things. And so did I. But you know why, after all these years, we're still smiling at each other? Can ride in the same vehicle for three hours? One thing. There's peace. You know why there's peace? Because I love her. Amen, brother. That's right. I love her. Paul says you have the grace of God. When you come together, have the peace of God. Grace makes peace possible. It's the ruler, it's the umpire. You know, one of the things that I learned about baseball very young in life was no matter what the call was, they argue it. Yeah. They, they throw their hat and they carry on and they argue and argue, and the umpire just stands there. You know why? Because he's making the ruling. You can fuss all you want to. He's out. No matter what is going on, the church needs to have peace. Yes, the decision needs to be, what will bring the peace? What will make it possible? <coughs> peace is more about other the other person than it is how I feel and how it affects me. Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, long-suffering, goodness, how many of those words speak about the other person and not you? Endurance. Long-suffering. Somehow when we, we reread Scripture, we usually try to make it about us. Notice how many times, notice how many times Paul says in his letters, 
I want the God who gives grace to give you grace. Amen. And I want you to take that grace and I want you to use it for peace. You know, grace and peace are the answers to life's questions. There are a lot of people in this world who desperately in their heart want to know, am I loved? We have the message of Jesus Christ that says, I loved you enough to die for you. We need to preach it from this pulpit and we need to take it out those doors. You don't deserve it, but God has grace for you. He loves you that much. Why do I hurt? Oh my, spend time with anybody. And I'm going to tell you I hurt. I hurt. We have a message that heals the heart. Long, long before eternity is ever their reality. Does my life have meaning? There's no greater, no greater thing than to take the, gra the grace that God has given you and share that with other people. You want to have meaning? You want to have meaning? Seek for this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Make that your goal. Make that your mission in life. Why can't we all just get along? This world, it's in a mess. It's in a mess. But the God of all peace has come. You know why? Because He wants peace to reign. And we know it won't till He sits on the throne. But heaven help us, at least as Christians, can't we dwell together in peace? Is there any hope for the world? <laughs> there is, because God is a God of grace and peace. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to read Philippians chapter 1 for my conclusion. Grace... This is starting in verse 2. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always and every prayer of mine, for, all, for you all making request with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from, this, from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as meet for, you, for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. Beacon Baptist Church, there's still people in Melbourne that need the gospel. There's still people in this area who need to know, who need to know, that our God, Jesus Christ, is a God of grace and peace. Loving Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you are.
God, we stand amazed at your love for us. It's beyond our comprehension. We don't deserve it, and yet it's unending. We don't deserve it, and yet it's active. You shed your blood for us because you loved us. God, help us not to hoard that. God, help us to share that. The reality and the truth of the gospel message. May we share it with each other and sing praises to you and worship you. God, may we take it to our communities and let them know that you are a God who loves them. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Brother Danny as he had the vision to start it and the work and the effort that that took. Brother Terry as he picked up the torch and carried it. God, I thank you for the time that we were here and the souls that we saw saved and the lives we saw changed. God, as it continues on now, Pray that you'd bless these folks as they continue to do your work. God, give us a good evening. Help us to serve you and do it with joy this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.